Hello and welcome to The Breakdown, your short, sweet, and digestible guide to public policy issues facing the country today. I'm your host, Brian Phillips, with the Texas Public Policy Foundation. For more information on today's topic and just about anything that you might read or tweet or post about, uh, check us out online at texaspolicy.com. Today we're going to talk about an issue that has swiftly risen to be one of the top issues in Texas and frankly around the country. How have our schools become institutions of indoctrination? With us to discuss this today is someone who has seen the transformation taking place up close and personal and wants to speak out about what's going on as a warning to parents and as motivation to lawmakers to do something about it. Lauren Hickmott is a teacher who started over a decade ago teaching sixth grade in Amarillo, Amarillo, Texas, from 2009 to 2013. She got back into tutoring recently, a few years ago, uh, and has definitely seen things change dramatically. And so we're going to get into exactly what that is here pretty soon. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being on. Um, we want to talk a little bit, just to get to know you a little bit, and, and ask, um, you know, what got you into teaching? What was your motivation all those years ago? Um, I went on a mission trip in college uh, to Chicago, and uh, I was like, okay, I want to save the world. And so we were loving on kids in a school, and um, they just needed some loving, and I love people, and I love kids. And so that's I switched my major when I got back, and um, I'm glad I did. So Absolutely. And, and when you were teaching um, uh, in Amarillo 2009-2013, what kind of things would you spend your day on? Uh, talking to the kids. This was sixth grade, uh, so, mm-hmm. so so middle we did school. social studies. Was mm-hmm. what I was. Um, so at the time, it was uh, world history. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas has changed it since then um, to government and economics. But the time was world history. So we got to do a lot of talk about the wars. Um, got to talk about feudalism, Egyptians. Like it was so much fun. Like I loved <laughs> it. So and how did the kids respond? I mean, were they? I like to do. Um, I mean, I had quite a few active things. You know, one day they came in the classroom. Of course, we couldn't do this nowadays, but I had the desk turn on their side and I had gunshots, you know, blaring. And everyone was like, get down because we were doing trench warfare oh, with wow. World War One. And oh, so wow. my kids were like crawling and they were like, this is awesome. You know, of course, we couldn't do that nowadays. But then it because was of the like, violence and the yes, guns. And yes. The, but anyway, but I've had kids come up to me and tell me they remember learning about World War One and remember that because it was such a horrendous time for these. And I just wanted to make it real for these kids because I know sometimes history can be boring and so I just did my best to make it as interesting and realistic as possible so anyway that's that's great we definitely need that in our classrooms Um, and then you took a little time off to be mom Mm -hmm. yes Um, and then decided uh, a couple years ago to get back into teaching but but to do it through tutoring Mm -hmm. talk tell us a little bit about that so um, yeah so my daughter was starting kindergarten and so we my youngest so we I got back in I tutored um, for a year and a half through um, Texas did the ESSER tutoring program. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was at a local elementary school, kindergarten through fifth grade, and I helped with reading and math. And I really enjoyed doing that, so. And so you were tutoring and you're talking to the kids Mm -hmm. and you're seeing their homework lessons and the lessons and all of that. Um, But, but, so, but you started experiencing things that didn't seem right. Um, what was kind of the first experience that you had? Now, you're not specifically in the classroom, right? So it's not like yes. you're hearing and seeing uh-huh. right there. But you are getting information mm-hmm. from parents and students mm-hmm. and all that. So what was kind of the first thing that said, uh, something's off here? Well, um, this past September, we started a new math curriculum called Eureka. And um, it was the most confusing way to present math I've ever seen. And I was 
kids, the kids that I'm getting are the ones who are struggling. And um, I was even having a hard time understanding it. My son was bringing homework home and I was like, I don't even understand. I mean, I'm a math tutor and I cannot figure out what this is saying, what it wants you to do. Like, why are they having you solve this problem on an entire piece of paper? Like, this is a very simple thing. I can show you right it's like here. Long division. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And so I um, was like, this is common core curriculum math, mm. which is illegal in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. And I haven't so, heard that in a long time, common yes, core. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I was very frustrated with Eureka. And um, at the time, um, we also, Amarillo had started using um, a new reading curriculum called Amplify Reading. And I hadn't heard anything about Amplify. Um, nothing had come home with my kids. Um, but in, in tutoring, I wasn't seeing the Amplify lessons. I was seeing Eureka, but I hadn't seen Amplify. So at the time, Amplify was kind of on my back radar, but I was very upset about the math curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an important point. You had kids in the system. Yes. Uh, that were in the system. And so tell us about some of the reading materials. Okay. And, and, and were, the, were these materials that were being assigned and they're coming home, or these are you know books in the library? Tell us about that. Um, so um, the new curriculum that we received called um, Amplify, everything was at school. And so parents were clueless, like nothing was coming home. Mm. I have friends with younger kids and they were saying that books were no longer coming home and they used to always get books home to read with their kids, you know, and you, know how you do your little reading log. Sure, yeah. Books were not coming home and um, they, it just kind of was weird, but like we were trusting our school because we love our school mm. and we love our teachers. And so we, and we just kind of felt like Amarillo was in a bubble, like, what all the woke mess in the rest of the country has not hit us yet. Sure. What we were thinking. Yeah, so, right. Um, anyway, so we, um, yeah, so it was just nothing was coming home. Hmm. And so, um, but this was early September when I first found out about some what was going on. And so that's when I started doing some research. Did they outlaw homework? Uh, they they weren't <laughs> having homework, like at least my son was, and he was in fourth grade. And, and I've, you know, you talk to enough parents, that's a real, I mean, that's a real opportunity as a parent, you know, not only to see the what's going on in mm-hmm. schools and, and all of that, to see what they're learning, but an opportunity to help, an opportunity f- to facilitate and to reinforce the lessons that are being taught in the classroom at home, making sure that they're mm-hmm. being done. And so that's a, that's a real, that's a head scratcher. That's going to be a real red flag for of, a lot of parents. Like plenty of math homework. Like that took forever. <laughs> and I mean, we loved each other, but we didn't always like each other doing <laughs> because I was trying to teach him the right way to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, but no, it was a lot of math homework, but no reading. Like I saw nothing from Amplify. It so, wasn't even on my radar. So you start to get a little bit more involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about, you know, what was your, the, the actions so, that you took to figure out why the books weren't coming home? So, well, um, I ran into another mom um, at her garage sale and she said, have you heard about um, the guava passage that they did and I, that our kids read? And I was like, no. So she started telling me about it and I was like, you've got to be kidding because it was just super inappropriate. Guava like the fruit, guava. Guava the fruit, yes, which is other things, apparently. So I um, did some research and um, I was able to um, figure out, I was texting my friends and one of my friends said she had found out, or the one who told me about it, how to get access to Amplify. So um, I was passing it out and sending it out to a bunch of my friends, like, have you heard of this? Do you know what's going on? Um, We, my husband and I personally are not on social media. Um, but I guess there was good for a, you. Well, You're probably we, much happier. And- we are. Yeah, we're trying to spread it, you know. But <laughs> that's, that's um, a whole other podcast. But, yes. Uh, but anyway, but so this friend of mine, she sent me all these screenshots of this other 
mom who'd been posting on Facebook about this stuff. And we're like, what? So we got, we figured out how to get access and Amplify didn't make it easy. And um, all of my friends um, had to contact customer support because they would not, we could not get in. Like it said, we could set up a parent login. You're the parents of kids. And it said you could set up a parent login, but then it would not, like, we got to a point where it would not let you past it. So we had to call customer support. And what did you Um, from customer support? So, well, I told them, I said, I'm a teacher, K through fifth grade. I need access to, because they asked me what specific grades you want access to. I said, Mm -hmm. all of them. And so, and but it worked. (laughs) I wasn't lying because I'm tutoring. And so I have K through fifth. So I got access um, and um, specifically started looking at fourth grade Mm -hmm. because that's where my son is. Um, And so I found the guava passage that had been talked about. um, Second day of school, they did a passage called A Good Lie that talked about, and it literally said in quotes, sometimes it's okay to lie. And so it was teaching kids about protecting this little girl protecting her friend who wet the bed at a slumber party mm-hmm. and then she was pretending she wet the bed too and i'm like that's weird why are we reading about that that's just yeah. weird and then just so saying the subject matter but then also the lesson yes the lesson okay says sometimes it's okay to lie and then one time we were getting on to my son and my fourth grader about something he didn't tell the truth on and he said well sometimes it's okay to lie said uh no sir i mean because yeah. he knows better than that he was right. just pulling one that he you know heard at school so it's just that undermining parents mm-hmm. and like we hadn't had access and so i get in there and start looking ahead and i mean i'm talking to all my friends and we all start kind of going through and, and finding stuff and making connections um and so yeah we just kind of started networking across and my husband he's an elementary pe teacher and at his school, there was a teacher um, who was actively already kind of on it because mm-hmm. teachers were seeing it. Yeah. And uh, she said that there were a lot of teachers who were completely uncomfortable teaching this stuff. I want to get to that in a second. But mm-hmm. I think you, you've had our, our audience uh, at the edge of their seat now teasing this guava passage. Yes. Like to the best of your ability and, and not to use graphic language necessarily. Yes. But can you explain exactly or, you know, for our um, audience what that was? Yeah. So it was the beginning of, a, of an adult book. Um, called When I Was a Puerto Rican. And it's uh, this lady writing about, I guess, when she came to the United States from Puerto Rico um, as a little girl. And they op- she opens up the book talking about how to eat a guava. And it is very just sensory, like just very graphic. And they even in the teacher lesson plan, it's scripted, Amplify is scripted, um, which I disagree with that as well because I think teachers are perfectly capable of teaching. And um, but anyway, so it it said to have a student at the front of the classroom, like holding a guava and actually acting out and fingering the guava as this other student or the teacher read this passage. And these are it's all very sexual in nature. Mm -hmm. And oh, yes. Oh, yes. And if you look it up on Urban Dictionary, I mean, it tells you what a guava represents so it was um yeah so that's and thank the lord my son is you know he comes and checks stuff with us at home Mm -hmm. and he will talk to us about stuff but i mean it would take five seconds for a kid to get their mom's phone and look up like 
sure. uh, this book. And so. So now you found out, now you, you've gotten sort of behind the wall um, and you're starting to see this material, The you know, you're now confirming it, your son's coming home with the mm-hmm. material. W- was there any attempt to then take this to the teachers who were there? You said there were some teachers who felt very uncomfortable yes. about it and maybe they were talking about it on social media. What about the people in charge? Did, did, you, uh, did anybody ever go the to the teachers, people in charge and talk to them about yeah, it? Yeah, the teachers were, I'll tell you, they didn't talk about it on social media. The teachers were terrified to speak up. Um, and they were all afraid of, you know, their lives being made miserable. Um, and so... Um, because it, they're being told by the administration they have to teach this. Yes. What did you call it? The um, Not the math portion. Oh, Amplify. Amplify. Yes. They, they're being right. essentially mm-hmm. forced, coerced into teaching this stuff. Okay. So when it was originally presented to the teachers last year, um, well, so last school year it was piloted by three elementary schools in Amarillo. And they were the three poorest, most languages spoken, least parental involvement elementary schools that we have. To and randomly, randomly pick the poorest, oh, yes. least involved. Yes, and their reason is because they had the lowest scores. So we wanted to see if Amplify, you know, could just work its wonders, you know. But Amplify and Eureka are both. I mean, they are challenging for Tier One kids, like kids that do not struggle in school. It is challenging for them, and that's part of Amplify's like kind of you know commercial is the rigor Mm. but i mean it is not there's there aren't modifications or anything for tier two or tier three kids that struggle that's one of the problems another problem is teachers were told you you know you stay with it it's you know you go day by day by day if your kids are struggling with something you don't go back and reteach you just keep going ahead because their language it will spiral around mm-hmm. and le- they'll learn it on the next go around so in terms of the content is particularly the inappropriate mm-hmm. uh, adult content mm-hmm. so you went to somebody who was in charge and mm-hmm. what was the reaction from them? well they were Emerald ISD um, hosted a few um, town hall meetings um, because there was had already you doing that in finger quotes for those oh, who yeah. are listening because well because yeah that they they didn't they sent out a thing but I didn't understand what the town hall meeting was for it said that on the agenda like to talk about how Amplify is doing this for our schools blah 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 it sounded boring to me so I wasn't gonna go because it just sounded like a commercial for Amplify well then I found out from another mom the one who originally told me about it she said that's actually a great place she said I went and my husband confronted um, the reading curriculum lady who brought help bring this in about um, all this mess and I was like okay great so I showed up I was the only parent at this specific meeting but like I said nobody knew right. this is where you go to talk about it we just thought it was going to be or at least that was my understanding so when I told this lady I said I was told this was a place to come and I could talk about my concerns about one of the passages my son was exposed to she goes don't tell me it's about that freaking guava and I said Yes, it is. And so... Sounds like she's heard that before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard that complaint before. uh Uh-huh. And she was tired of hearing it. But Mm. we discussed it again. And she said, said, the kids were not exposed to the rest of the book. And I said, it doesn't matter. I said, you've connected these kids to that. There's not another book where they could use that, teach that lesson, whatever. That's what I asked. I said, I guarantee you in all of children's literature, there was an appropriate book to teach about sensory details that was not that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, anyway, she was, you know, red hot and I was respectful talking to her and I thanked her when I left and, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't going to be ugly, but I also was, my blood was boiling, like, because I'm like, how dare you defend sure. this? Mm-hmm. And so, um, as parents, you know, I started, like I said, I'm not on social media, but I had about 10 parents I was texting everything to, and I would just copy and resend, copy and resend. So I started a group me 
and it's grown to about 100 members now, just in the Amarillo area, but nothing big, but just a way for us to communicate. Um, so that's I got connected with um, um, Jamie Haynes. Um, she's wonderful, and she helps fight mm-hmm. um, for Canyon and Amarillo. And so anyway. So we're talking to uh, Lauren Hickmott. She's a teacher in the, um, or was a teacher at the Amarillo uh, area. She's now a tutor. She's a, a concerned teacher and a very concerned parent about some of the materials, um, but also not just the materials that are being taught in the classrooms, but the responses from the administration, from school officials who are not uh, cooperate, not not collaborating with parents, and and in some ways uh, intentionally hiding material. Um, now, if you're hiding material intentionally, you probably know that that means that you're probably doing something wrong. That's probably a lesson that we teach our kids. Uh, that I'm sure that they know of as well. Um, well, you have done your part. I mean, you certainly have, like you said, you've gotten the groups together. You've gotten, you know, what we like to at TPBF call our accidental activists, like folks who just yeah. wanted to be moms and teachers yeah. and were f- kind of forced into this because it's their kids are involved. Um, uh, so you've definitely done your part. Uh, you know, here, we're here in the middle of legislative session. This is one of the number one issues. Any any day now, we're expecting uh, legislation to be dropped on, on a number of issues, including including this one, which would, uh, you know, uh, improve transparency in the classroom, which would help to improve quality and, and, and create some kind of respectful relationship between teachers and, and parents. Uh, and then ultimately, uh, there will be a lot of discussion over a bill involving school choice, giving parents more power uh, over the, the money and where they send their children and, and reducing some of these regulations and rules that, that prevent people without means in particular uh, from being able to choose the best uh, experience for their kids. So we'll get into that a little bit. You know, what would be your message uh, to lawmakers? I know you've met with uh, with a few offices. Uh, what Other than, you know, your story and telling that, you know, what would be your message to, to lawmakers who, you know, who are hearing this and what you would like to see happen to give parents um, and frankly, good teachers who are concerned with this to give them more of a voice in this process to be able to fight back? Yeah. Um, I was just, you know, I just don't think that parents and, you know, I know a lot of teachers are afraid, but there have been some teachers that have spoken up. But I just think it shouldn't take us getting this upset to have anything like listened to or changed. Um, I know uh, the huge group of us parents and teachers have spoken at um, our local board meetings, um, just trying to get you know, things moving on this. Um, But I just, as far as like the legislators, I think it's important to like, you know, listen to parents. And I do think um, parents, I mean, I absolutely want what's best for their kids. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that the government knows what's best. I don't think that the school or curriculum writers know what's best. I think that um, parents, they know their kid the best. And there doesn't need to be I don't feel like any of these government entities need to be making decisions about these kids. And so now the narrative and the and the pushback we, we always get is, you know, teachers aren't supportive of this or so teachers aren't supportive of giving parents uh, more control or school choice. Mm-hmm. Or they think that if parents are in control of the money, that it'll destroy public schools. So what do you think of that concept? We don't have to get into the legislative details. I don't even think there's a bill that's been released yet. But just this idea of, you know, parents having more power, parents really being in the driver's seat when it comes to where they want to send their kids. As a teacher, does that scare you, or what, what's your reaction to that? Um, and I don't know enough about any of these bills. I'm literally just, like, totally green with all this political stuff. But um, I do, just as a parent, I know that 
I know my kids and um, and I would love for my kids to be able to stay in public school. But if that trust isn't there, then my kids are not going to be there. And I feel like our local school district has lost a lot of parents' trust. Um, We pulled our kids out at semester, and I quit my job for the district at semester, and we found a free you know, public because of these reasons, because of these reasons, that's an important point is that you weren't just making a shift. No, we didn't want to. There were a lot of tears um, and a lot of prayer and uh, we did not want to. And um, my kids have been awesome sports about it um, and have, you know, they're struggled, but they've been great sports. But it just is one of those things when we met with um, we were told that we would have options. Um, Amarillo ISD said, okay, well, we're going to clean it up. We're going to go ahead and vet the curriculum. And that was the thing is it wasn't vetted before. And they said it was because they piloted it in these three elementary schools. And they said, we never heard anything bad about it. <laughs> well, that's not true because at a recent board meeting, one of the teachers who had spoken up against it and was let go, she spoke up about it and said, this is what happened to me when I tried to speak out against it. When she it, was fired? Um she, I don't know how exactly it played out, mm-hmm. but she was not at the school anymore mm-hmm. after she spoke out. So I don't know if they moved her or whatever happened, but she, um, her life was made, miser- you know, mm-hmm. she was out um, because she spoke against it. And that was during the piloting process. So when parents started speaking up, um, our superintendent said this was the first time he had ever heard anything negative about this new curriculum. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't know how all that worked out, but I do know that he's hearing warnings now, mm-hmm. and um, and their solution was like, well, let's just take out the parts of the curriculum that are getting the most heat. Well, that's not going to fix it because the cancer is throughout, mm-hmm. and like I told him, I said, it's like you're not going to load up a bunch of passengers on a plane that's malfunctioning and then read the manual about how to fix it while they're in the air. I said, that's exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. I said, you need to ground the plane, you need to scrap it, and figure out something else because this isn't like we know that this is untrustworthy right and so um there have been um the waiting lists at the optional schools in amarillo besides public schools have exploded Mm -hmm. because parents are catching on the word is spreading and we've lost trust yeah it's not just the uh the content that needs to be cut out hey how about the part where you were hiding things from parents like that needs to be cut out as well yes so that's i was gonna get to your last comment there um you know as as a way to kind of close here is you know what do you think if parents are starting to move their kids to charter schools or move their kids to other options what do you think the response of the aisd will be what do you think the response of the teachers will that help give the good teachers that are still there a voice? Will that send a message to the administrators like, hey, we need to change what way we're doing here because we're losing our kids to these other options? Do you think that kind of reaction would happen? There's, I Well, I would hope so, um, but I kind of doubt it. There's going to be a mass exodus of teachers as well. Mm. Like, I, I'm friends with a lot of teachers just all over the district, and um, they're not happy. Um, now, I will say there are some teachers that love Amplify. They think it's wonderful because of the rigor and because of the um, uh, like pre-made kind of lesson planning, you know, sure. which being a teacher, I get like it's hard to reinvent the wheel every day. Like I get that. And you don't always have to. But sometimes it just is a lot of work. But at the same time, like it not at this cost. You know, this isn't I'm surely there isn't better curriculum out there that is more rigorous than what we had before because what we had before was not working. 
but um, not at this cost, though. So I, I hate to go out on a bad note, so I won't do that. But yeah. I'll say um, it sounds at least like like you've been able to make a make a change, make a you know a, a different choice. You know, how do you think if if lawmakers did change the law and gave parents more choice, um, you know, how do you think that would work out for most parents? Um, I think I mean I don't like I said I don't know all the ins and outs, but I can personally just say for me it it sounds like a good plan um because like i said parents know their kids and know what's best for their kids um and i mean i think it would be great if they just didn't take the government just didn't take our money out in the first place and then redistribute it into Mm -hmm. education if they just let us have it to begin with i think that'd be great Um, yes yes but i mean um i don't i'm not a legislator so i don't know but um but yeah i think that competition would be helpful um, for schools to kind of hopefully up their game and do better because right now I feel like the school districts aren't very afraid. Um, maybe they are, but I feel like they're continuing forward even though they've had all this backlash. So I think well, giving parents a choice is a good thing. You're busy. So. You're working hard. You're raising your family. And, you know, you don't have to know all the ins and outs necessarily of this legislation, but your story is incredibly powerful mm-hmm. for moving um, in the right direction when it comes to these these, uh, you know, these bills and these, these reforms. So thank you so much uh, for what you do. Again, we've been talking with uh, Lauren Hickmott uh, of Amarillo. She's a teacher. She's a very concerned parent. And she's out here again uh, 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 talking to folks as a, as a warning to parents about what's going on in the schools, but also as motivation uh, to, to lawmakers to get out there and do the right thing. Lauren, thank you so much. For parents being on. to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being on the thank show today. Thank you. And thank you for listening. This has been The Breakdown.